Get your French girlfriend to soup up your bitchin' Camaro. It's time for Pod Cusack. Cusack Nation, welcome back. It's your favorite guy, me, Matt Strickland, the host of Pod Cusack. And oh boy, do we have yet another excellent episode coming at you here to celebrate Hollywood's most medium actor, John Cusack. With me today, ah, two of just the greatest people I've ever met in my whole life. Comedian, musician, video professional. It's Mike Wolf. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Matt. I'm very excited to be here. Our second guest, former drummer of the world's most dangerous band, Sea Urchin, Tim Mahoney. Thank hey, you so much. Hey, Cusack Nation, what's uh, You wrote that commercial in the 90s, didn't you? Mm-hmm. I did the uh, frogs when they said, mm. we are frogs, but they changed it in post to the beer name. That was, they brought me in to do the frog voices. Yeah, I thought no. it'd be funny. If it was, wouldn't it be funny if it was a commercial frogs that I'll say, we are frogs? <laughs> I mean, it would yeah. at least be accurate. Uh -huh. uh, more accurate than the film we're going to talk about today, Better Off dead guys but before we get into this film this classic 80s teen comedy i'd like to talk to both of you about what your personal relationships are to the cues um are you guys fans let's start with you tim are you a fan of john cusack have you seen many of his movies i wouldn't say i'm a fan but i mm -hmm. but i'm not i'm not anti the cues uh but no i, I wouldn't call myself a fan and I'd are say you, that to his. I'd say that to his face. But are you familiar with a lot of his? Have you just seen the big ones? Have you seen some of the deep cuts? I don't think I've seen really any of the deep cuts. I, uh, I'm looking at his filmography right now. Uh, yeah, no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's pretty par for the course for this podcast. Mike, are you are you a fan? I'll say this: he's no Joan Cusack. Yeah, that he is not. But uh, he's, I do like him. I'd say that uh, I also haven't seen everything. Surprisingly, I've never seen uh, Say Anything. Mm -hmm. But I've seen, you know, High Fidelity and liked it. I've seen Gross Point Blank and Con Air. And, like, there's a bunch of the Cusack movies that I've, I've seen and enjoyed. He's, especially early Cusack, threads that needle of, like, I'm a smarmy, um, sarcastic charming leading man um who you just you just can't help but fall in love with and it works for me where with other people like ryan reynolds who i'd say is a successor in a lot of ways grinds my gears something about ryan reynolds i'm like that guy's gonna steal my girlfriend um because he's attractive you know, mm -hmm. he is attractive yeah and he's also just he's kind of seems like a bad really guy well, no, seems like his really motivations good. are inherently evil where cusack i think something about him it seems maybe a little softer a little kinder matt can i well, change something I, I said real quick yeah well, well then I'm i get to do that too i'm actually a big fan of john cusack <laughs> <laughs> you know that's the first comparison 
made to Ryan Reynolds on this podcast. We're on episode like twelve now, and I think that's actually an interesting one because we were trying to figure out. Well, who I'm would a be student of film. Day. Yeah, you are a bit of a cinephile filmmaker. I've as seen well. both Deadpool movies. But he, yeah, you're right. He is a little bit more broy. Cusack is a little bit more bookish. He and he has a warmth that I don't think Ryan Reynolds has. You Ryan believe Reynolds Ryan Reynolds is like he's. He's the popular kid in school who's also snarky and smarmy. And Cusack, as we see in this film, is the guy who's like barely holding it together. He's got that nerdish loser quality that I just relate to. Cusack would let you know that he has herpes. Ryan Reynolds would just give you herpes, I think, is the... Either way, you're getting fucked. Either way, yeah, either way, you're getting that dick. Uh, I want to clarify why I'm a big fan of the Cus now. Okay. Sure. Because that was real. Uh, I just found out that he's a big BDS supporter, which yeah. takes a lot of courage in Hollywood. So I'm he a big is. fan of the Qs. He's very. Uh, he was a big time Bernie guy. Big and BDS. I just guy. say whatever um, you know fetishes, whatever kinks you have in the bedroom, that's fine. I don't need to know about it. So if you're into the BDS and that's what you're doing with a consenting partner, that's fine. I just don't think it's my business. Uh, I actually, I, I do think it is my business, business, so I would like everyone to DM me at Strickbomb and let me know, because I want to be a, at least aware, if not actively trying to shut it down. Yeah, people say whatever two adults are doing behind closed doors is their own business. I say, no, what if they're trying to clone me? Um, mm-hmm. Matt, can I make a quick addendum to something I said earlier? Sure, please. I actually think it is my business now, <laughs> and I think maybe we should do a quick, what I'd call a kink minute, and just go around and talk about our kinks. So, right. I mean, it's your show, but... Yeah, I have, the... a, I have a great idea for a segment. It's something <laughs> Michael just came up with called a kink minute. All right, here's uh, my original idea that I just came up with. Guys, this is the Pod Cusack Kink Minute. Let's talk about it. What would you do? You have them in a room, the lights are off, Go. Who? Cusack, of course. Oh, the Cuse. Uh, I would have him. I would uh, say you're a pay pig. You're a pay pig, and I'm gonna make you get off on giving me money. Do you guys know what pay pigs are? Oh, of course. I have several. Um, they get off on giving people money. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're a pay pig, and I'm a little, I'm a little money slut. So give me money, <laughs> and that'll get you sexually gratified. I'm and a that's money just also- slut. Put it in mm-hmm. my money slit. Yeah, that's your well, that's your butt crack. It is. What I, what I would do is I would get him in that dark room and I would make him be a money pig for me. <laughs> and I would say, "Hey man, you got a lot of green." Let's... Matt, is it possible for me to change something I said recently? Yes, please. I would get him in that dark room and I would just do fast kissing. Mm. <laughs> What's fast kissing, Mike? Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Um, basically you go in quick. It's a lot of, have you ever seen a woodpecker? Oh yes. Okay. Say no more. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. And it's erotic. It's the most erotic thing you can do because it's the most kisses. I want to go on record, Matt, and say, I actually, I I don't want to change my comment, but I want to let everyone know that I doubled down on it. Well, you know, who's not doing fast kissing nor doing pay pig. And that is Beth Truss. The character, the female, one of the female leads of the film, Better Off Dead, which we are going to talk about today. A really well-rounded out female character, as they mm-hmm. all are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Before we get into it, let's just talk, let's go through some stats on every podcast. We talk about what the Cusack number is. That's how many Cusacks are in this film. Of course, we know there's John, there's Joan, but there's also, there's Dick, there's Susie, there's 
uh, what's his brother's name? Billy. Heimlich. There's Heimlich. There's many Cusacks. The Cusack number of this movie is one. There's only John mm. in this movie. Uh, only one Cusack. Despite having worked with Joan many times throughout the 80s, she does not appear in this movie. The movie, Rotten Tomatoes, 77%. So pretty well re- reviewed. Although a lot of those reviews have come in recent times, which is boosting its score late in the game. When it first came out, it was not very critically well reviewed. But the audience score is 87. So the people Whoa. score, they people like it. Score. The, people the people like this movie. It only made $10 million at the box office. So it was not... Dollars? Dollars. Oh, that's big. But what was Especially the in the Do 80s. It the budget I could not find, but I'm assuming it was that around that. Um, but so well, it was adjusting not for ahead. inflation. That would be roughly two Bitcoin. a billion dollars. <laughs> and Matt, real quick before we go any further, is it okay if I'm drinking tequila on the podcast? I don't want to get you in any legal issues here. Is that going to be okay with you? As long as I bleep it, yeah, you're fine. Okay, great. And don't just... name any brands because we are. Uh, Sponsored by Captain Morgan, which is a rum. So okay, great. So uh, you can just bleep it out when I say I'm drinking a tall glass of Silver Pig tequila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bleep that, and that should hey, be uh, fine for our sponsors. Hey man, I have something to say too. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I want to. I'm not trying to dethrone you as the leader of the of the Cusack Nation, but I want to let you know that I do know the budget for this film. Oh. And, it uh, was um, $3.5 million. Okay, so it was a hit. I don't like the fact that you just sort of contradicted me and, like, usurped me. It's not... That's what I said. I don't want to... It's not, not... Cusack, Coopsack Nation, like staging a coup. Ooh, right? very good. Topical. Yeah. You know... But I Are we want... talking? Is this that kind of podcast? Are we talking about that stuff? Oh yeah, we're talking politics. I mean, the Q's, as we know, is a big time. Uh, you know, very active on Twitter, very active in uh, national and world politics. Look, so I gotta get some. I gotta get, get something it. off my chest, guys. And this isn't political, or perhaps it is. I hated this movie so fucking much, Matt. I, it's not very good. I had like, don't get. I I waited to the last minute to have to watch it, but I did. Maybe. 15% through, watched the rest of it at three times speed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to get through it. So I just want to be upfront with you. And a lot of the details that I'm looking at in this Wikipedia article were lost on me because I got a lot of the dialogue, but it was at three times speed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were just really getting consonants only at that point. I what got the you? idea. Yeah. What are you? So. What's your general thoughts on the movie, Mike? Did you like this movie? You picked this movie. This was your choice. Yeah, I really liked this movie. I had seen it once maybe five years ago, and I would say it's not a great film, you know? It's not pushing cinema, It's and the story structure is lacking, but I think it's really fun. It's really funny. There's a ton of great gags. It also is one of those movies that's like, you know, it's this classic 80s romp, and you think it's going to follow all these beats and then it ends up being just super subversive and weird. And I think they take a ton of risks. They do a lot of strange choices and you see so many comedies, especially nowadays where they're just like funny situations. 
but not that many like hard jokes. And this movie really goes for it. It has so many gags. It feels like it belongs in the canon with movies like like Airplane and Kentucky Fried Movie and uh, just a lot of those like goofy films. Um, and I was, you know, I don't know if I would necessarily tell people to go out and watch it um, all the time, but it made me laugh. And there were things that consistently would surprise me or things that would come back. And I'm not just saying this to, I don't want Tim to think that I love it, but I do want to be a defender where if somebody's listening and they're wondering, I would say this is for me worth a watch. I think I'm right there in the middle of you. I do like some of the more, you know, cartoonish moments um, and some of the running gags that are more cartoonish. It reminded me a lot of 500 days of summer with like, now we're going to go into a claymation seek, you know, that right. kind of like jumping now, into different forms and stuff. Yeah. Which I think is fun. You know, it's, it's very eighties, the whole movie. Yeah. It's very dated, but I do like some of the running gags. Like I love that, you know, every, he crashes into the same guy every time with his car. I think that's a fun, that's a fun gag. Yeah, um, and just like the, I do mean, the like the premise. Howard Cosell, the guy who's just doing Howard Cosell, I think is pretty That's funny. So, and the line for that, where at first the first time it comes up, I'm just like, "This is weird. Is this racist? Is this problematic? Like, what's going on?" And then they explain it so well with like one guy can't speak English and the other guy learned it from watching Wide World of Sports. That's like a great justification for why he's why he talks like Howard Cosell. It's so funny. I also, I don't know, maybe it was just like the refreshing nature of hearing Howard Cosell because he was one of the, he's one of those voices that's instantly recognizable, but unlike Schwarzenegger or, you know, Trump, obviously, like he has not persisted. Like Peter Laurie even is more in the, like a lot of Kennedy, you know, you know his voice, but Howard Cosell was at one time like up there with like every impressionist had like a Howard Cosell. So it is like fun to to hear that voice. Why do you hate it so much, Tim? Uh, it's I've been trying to think of like how I can put my finger on it. Uh, let me say just a, a number of things and see if any one reason comes <laughs> out of it. Uh, first of all, right when it started, I immediately felt like the film was making me feel like how I feel when I have a fever. Uh, it was I, the thing that I kept, you know, the thing that I kept thinking about. Is that like surreal or weird? No, or? just like a, a sort of like drab, contrived 80s thing where it's like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, they're going for some jokes. I laughed once at the. Uh, when the mom was dressed up like an aardvark or whatever, or the, the dad was dressed up like an aardvark and then the neighbor trimming the hedges was also dressed up like an aardvark. I thought that was funny. But what I kept thinking of- was Because like, she said, I, trust me in a year, everybody's wearing, gonna yeah. be wearing these. Uh, <laughs> I kept thinking about like the poor people that worked on this film. And I kept thinking of the scene where John Cusack is at the restaurant he works at uh, or whatever, the fast food place. And I'm thinking of like, the prop master going home and like making something at home and his wife's like what are you working on he's like oh it's such a fun film like it's gonna there's just so many wacky things and i feel like everybody had to be so full of shit the entire way through that i feel like this movie is so just it has you know what i'll say this movie has no heart at all it's propped up in such a weird shitty way where like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all of all of these jokes that might land if they felt at all sincere, it's just pure snarky. The fucking director has a nickname in his goddamn name. Like the movie comes at you not only from like a gross, like overly sarcastic narcissism, 
but it's just fucking boring. It's so goddamn boring. I hate this movie <laughs> and I hate Michael for two. Like truly, I haven't watched a movie where I have like, like moaned out loud so many times. It's just so funny to me because, and I don't, I totally respect your um, hatred, but this feels like yeah, such don't, a- You don't have to. <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, I'm not trying to convert you, I guess is what I'll say. This feels like such a, so many of the jokes feel like Tim jokes. And as somebody where the three of us have worked together and if we mm-hmm. made stuff, there are a lot of dumb, like dumb jokes. Like when he's talking to the- like a, uh, Yeah, yeah okay. The, so he's talking to his French girlfriend and she compliments him and he says, mercy buckets instead of mercy burku. Like that's just a silly, dumb- Saying, I'm saying something wrong. And the bad guy's name is Stalin. The first shot, like he gets into the shower with socks on for mm-hmm. no reason. And then is later blow drying his socks. See, I thought like, that's the thing that I feel like is fucked with the movie. Uh, that's a funny joke if that's, uh, if that's the end of the joke. But the way the beginning is dealt to you, like, okay, this guy's a serial killer. He's obsessed with this woman he is he's never going to change his socks for some reason and they're like hall they're like doors and hallways that lead to nothing that at least with airplane you have like you're in it's on like the purely f- yeah sure, whereas sure. this is like a, a weird sort of like like when i was in film school <laughs> uh, i was like the cool little hot shit experimental whatever right where like teachers would be like oh that's so cool i love like you go for it little tim like you go for it i feel like this guy had so much of that back padding like that's crazy oh mm. my god he's gonna do that we gotta we gotta fuck to that. me it just seems so much sillier like i don't think it's you know it's just like oh he's in love with this girl he she's his world um so he's like obsessed it just takes everything way bigger and then Similarly, it feels to me like it's exaggerating teenage feelings. So when you're infatuated with someone, it's taking it all the way. When she dumps him, he's like, I'm going to kill myself. And then he multiple times throughout the movie, you know, is like, okay, I'm going to kill myself. And I think that like, similarly, yeah, I don't think it's the most balanced movie. I think there's a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, I would probably want, if it was done again, you would want it to be done with maybe a little bit more forethought with some of these things. But So I I can't think of, a movie any other movie or even like anything that could be described accurately like this movie which is this would work better as a comic strip well that goes into like that goes into like what this guy did after like he is a cartoonist comic book disney channel nickelodeon guy all of his other work is like Phil of the Future, Zoe 101, like these sort of B and C list of the Nickelodeon canon. Mm. Um, and he he was a cartoonist for a long time in the 80s. The director got the writer director. And I feel it feels like in a lot of ways he's trying to do a live action cartoon. And yeah, yeah. I, I will I, say I, also, I think he's the editing of this movie is insane. And you can tell that it you can tell that the movie that people thought they were making. I, I disagree with you, Tim, saying that you you don't think it's sincere or you think everyone's full of shit. I think they were very sincere, and then when they saw it, well, I know for a fact when Cusack saw it, he was like shocked and really dismayed because he did not like it. But really? uh, yeah, but I feel like what the what they thought they were making was significantly different than the end result. And purely, mm-hmm. like the biggest clue to that is just the inciting incident of the movie, the breakup happens 
off screen and is only hinted at with voiceover and that doesn't say to me like bad writing that seems says like they shot it and they completely fucked it up and they were like this is the only way we can save it and that's like the most important like that sets the whole thing in motion he's gonna kill himself because of something that we don't see and that is alluded to in voiceover for 10 seconds totally it's this movie has a lot of issues but when she's breaking up with him, again, it's another funny line where she says, I really think it's in my best interest if I go out with someone more popular. <laughs> like, that's a funny line. Someone more popular with a better car, better looking. Like, it just, it makes me laugh. And then like, but I think you're right. There's stuff where it's, I, I had a hard time staying focused. I, I don't think it's necessarily, I guess there is, a, I, I think it's too long. I don't think it's edited well. I think it's missing some stuff. And I think that there is this thing where maybe what for you is feeling like there isn't heart for me feels like it's all over the place. It's trying a bunch of things, but I'm glad this movie exists. And there's so many eighties romps and so many movies that do the, like, I I just wonder if like, would you like it better if it did the more like uh, had a heart and was more, you know, uh, 16 candles or, you know, whatever other John Hughes thing where this, I'm like, yeah, it's crazy and not everything works, but they went for it. I guess the thing that, no, I, I wouldn't want that. I, I think the thing that really bothers me about it is like, it was it was apparent to me from the outset that it was sort of like, oh, we're going to fuck with the program a little bit. But like in fucking with it, they ended up just making a bad version of both sides. Of <laughs> like You feel like up, it's, it's in between the like sincere just, and the airplane. Yeah, because I, I think like, huh. for instance, you know what it feels like to me? uh cusack nation i know there's a huge crossover in cusack nation for bam margera fans and it feels like bam margera's feature-length film haggard uh except haggard has some heart and haggard's okay but it feels like the reason why i bring that up is because there's characters that like have names and they refer to things they do but you never see it because chances are it was just all of them talking about it and got really excited and then like put in like 50% effort to see that thing through. And it feels like that's just the entire thing with the movie for me. Also, Mm. I found the whole thing with like (laughs) the foreign exchange student being like a a platonic sex prisoner for this guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, So for the people who haven't seen the movie, this is the part of the plot. Yeah, well, all right, let's uh, very briefly, the overall plot of the movie is John Cusack's girlfriend, Beth, who's played by uh, the blonde from the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the one who like gets skinned alive flying through the air, the first Freddy Krueger victim. She dumps him, and so he wants to kill himself, basically. And then, you know, he has the very <laughs> stereotypical best friend, 80s best friend, who, you know, is Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, and he's Tom Cruise's best friend. And from- he loves... Um- cocaine and he loves he snorts everything although he's never done cocaine so he snorts snow he snorts jello he snorts whatever um so he likes the the idea of maybe doing cocaine once (laughs) um but yeah then there's this also you know of course the the blonde girlfriend starts dating the popular kid and so that you know it's just a series yeah it's oh this is another thing it's a skiing movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which was like i feel like that's that's 80s right 80s was all about mm-hmm. like taking random sports and making them like you know 
And that's not even Golf, the word. That's not even the thing that feels out of place in this movie. Like that feels fine to me. Yeah, but to, so just to get yeah. to that part that you were talking about, Tim, it, his his love interest, who is like the girl, he's not going to end up with the mean girl. He's going to end up with this other girl. Is the French exchange student who lives next door, who the family she is living with, the mom has no, basically. Weird kidding uh, yeah like gotten her to come over as some sort of like platonic sex prisoner like you were saying tim for her awkward son the son ricky is like um a big freak and he's real gross and weird i mean i think it's like he the mom is trying to set them up and he's being really controlling Mm -hmm. um and is trying to like make her fall in love with him and she's like get away from me and Um, also that's where they get like the cute button of the international language like that right. that apparently is supposed to put it into a nice bow at the end like that that's the thing that john cusack says right when he's interviewed once he wins the snow fucking contest the ski contest, <laughs> the snow no, contest. When, he, when he wins he does the, the most snow when he wins the most snow right it's like what do you have like... to say he's like i need to go do language lessons like he's referring back to this weird awful <laughs> imprisonment mm-hmm. it's bad guys say it's bad <laughs> i mean it's very I... 80s no it's not i mean yes it is but that's not <laughs> the reason why it's bad it's just well bad no, I don't think it's bad. It follows a lot of those tropes. So I think a lot of those cheesy things are not unexpected. Um, but I also think that like, okay, to me, this just feels sort of like a sketch movie. Um, they just have all these little sketches. One of my favorite things is the math class where mm-hmm. he's in math class. He hasn't done the homework and he's lost. And the teacher is some guy who's been in stuff. He's it's a weird Patrick guy. Swayze's ghost mentor from Patrick ghost. Swayze's ghost mentor. And he's doing like a really complicated largely made up um math lecture with just like super high uh crazy uh stuff and the students are loving it like they are <laughs> everyone in wants awe. To they're laughing everyone wants to answer and again this is what makes me think that it's like an exaggeration of the teenage experience he's the guy he doesn't have his homework he's like fuck everybody in this class is smart they get it and this doesn't make any sense to me and i'm being humiliated and um but it was just like such a great little scene of you know people laughing when the math teacher makes a little math joke um and then at the end the math teacher pulls him aside and you think he's gonna say you know hey you need to get better at math and the teacher asks if he can ask out his ex-girlfriend beth which is another running gag that everyone in town including um a tv character some animated character that he's watching on TV, like stops doing the mm-hmm. show. And it's like, Hey, I heard you and Beth broke up. Do you mind if I ask her out? Like, it's just a great, to me, that's just a great running gag. Well, Tim, you said earlier, you, this movie makes you feel like you have a fever and, but, and that's what it is. It's like a fever dream version of like this got mm-hmm. one high school experience of like, I mean, we've all had, you know, we all had our heart broken. And then it's just like, after that, it feels like every day is just an increasing series of humiliations you know ending with you getting like dumped in the back of a fucking garbage truck um so i i I think i like it more than you tim and less than you mike but i i think i generally this is great the three of us really cover the spread Mm -hmm. yeah i mean uh, like i probably was i'm uh, i'll own up that i'm not the most like uh 
I like things type of person. You, you uh, do say that uh, entertainment is dead and you hate media. Maybe Which... the jokes didn't land because you were watching it at three times speed and all the timing was <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I honestly don't even think that played a role. I uh, I watched it for more than enough time to figure out what was going on. Uh, and in fact, if anything, some of the some of what felt like the genuine humor just came out from people walking funny because of the fast speed. Well, like those jokes were earned more than the actual written jokes. I'll say with that, one thing that I did appreciate is that they tried to jam in interesting stuff everywhere. Like there's a scene where they're speeding down the street doing one of their drag races and there's a bunch of nuns crossing the street and the nuns are all wearing sunglasses and have a boombox over their shoulder. Just little things like that where they were just like, yeah, it's a little bit random. It's a little stupid, but I think the director and the people making it were just like, how can we make this funnier? Like when he's at the cafeteria and he's getting lunch, the guy behind him has like shit on his face and is holding a knife. It's just like weird stuff, which I guess if you're like, if you're not liking the movie, then you're just going to be like, oh, they're just throwing random stuff that doesn't have any purpose. But from the idea of like, they're trying to make a funny movie to me, that's like, they're just trying to make as many jokes throughout this as possible. That's fine. It's, it's more of like, I kept, I couldn't stop thinking, maybe this is more about me than the movie, but I couldn't stop thinking about those people that like, the the poor PA that ran out to get all of these nuns sunglasses in a boombox at the last second because their director thought that would be funny accurate like n- not not incorrectly like that it that was funny in theory at least uh, so you like, I think you were like on, this is on, okay, okay hold on uh, the P, the poor PA that has to go to a costume shop and get these sunglasses or the nun outfit or whatever and is coming back and he's all excited he's driving the van back and like just the sort of ennui that that person feels when they go home and they go how was set today and he goes oh it was so funny all of the nuns had like sunglasses and boombox and they'd be like oh why and he's like you you had to be there i feel like this whole movie is a you had to be are there. things going like, well it for makes you at me... work tim <laughs> things are fine <laughs> things are fine are you just uh, having just... a hard time at work and you're you're taking it i out truly I, no I, i'm actually quite happy with work but i, I truly couldn't stop thinking about how these people were lying to themselves when they got home saying that they were working on a really fun project. You know, sometimes things are fun. We've all made stuff yeah. that has been really fun in the moment and then you watch it and you're just like, oh, damn it, this like, sucks. But also, just... I don't think, I think that a job is is largely a job, you know? And it's like, those PAs were happy for that work, um, probably. It's like, it doesn't matter to I don't know. I just think that's such an interesting framing because- I'm saying that's the the the-, the... I'm saying if there's any like truth to any of this, that's where it's at. It's me feeling like, oh, this movie is funny, but it's, or, or it's trying to be funny, but really it's just like a bunch of people running around trying to please savage Steve Holland and his notebook of, of, uh, but Tim, funny so when you watch side, apocalypse if... now, are you like, Oh my yeah. God, Martin Sheet had to go to the jungle least, and get at, malaria. At that least sucks. then it feels like, Oh, okay. It was in some, I mean, it helped. It was in the name of something. It's so just if so it's funny, in service, Tim, this... in, if it's in service of worthy art, then it's not even, no, not even that highfalutin or anything. Just like something that just like is coherent. 
It's just so funny because I feel like, again, with the stuff that we've made, it's so silly and pointless. And a lot of the stuff that we like, okay, sorry, this is going to be not f- fun for the people listening, but the Milk Boys sketch. Mm-hmm. I'll throw the link in the show notes. Yeah, watch the Milk Boys sketch. And we are dressed in all white. Somebody had to go buy us these white outfits. We wasted about a gallon and a half of milk. We wasted time of the actor who's doing this. We had to like, somebody had to go out and get a, a bell and get all this special stuff. And, but I think about it all the time. I love it. Some people might like it. Like, I think that's just so tough because again, 83% of the audience liked this on Rotten Tomatoes, which feels like then all this stuff was worth it. You know, it's bringing a lot of people joy and happiness or people are enjoying it as like, I don't know, but it's interesting because my uh, fiance and I were watching something, um, I think it was like 30 Rock and there's a um, scene where there's a shrimp cocktail made out of giant shrimp in a bowl of shrimp. And she was just like, God, that's the most wasteful thing I've ever seen. You know, she's like, in the future of media, I bet it's gonna be about minimalist filmmaking where you're not wasting all of this actual stuff. And I think it is tough because you watch things and you, it's hard not to get caught up in the like, why do we do any of this? It's all a waste, but we do. Are you doing okay? Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, this I'm movie's a cult to... classic, right? It is like a cult film. I mean, when Mike picked it, I wasn't like shocked. It wasn't like he was picking, you know, whatever the other cute savage Cusack did two movies with Savage Steve. What's uh, the other one? The class or class? Ho- savage Steve Holland. He did two. The other one is called One Crazy Summer with Demi Moore. <laughs> Wonder what that's about. So it's like that one I've never fucking heard of, but I had, you know, Mike said better off dead and I had already seen it because it is like a pretty beloved I can't imagine watching movie. this twice. Wow. It's so, it, guys, and I watched it. In, so I'm sure a couple of people are listening to this who don't know how really truly gifted and great and kind I am. I but, will second that. But uh, I, I, I mean, watch it. the Milk Boy sketch and then you'll see it. how fucking gifted he is. <laughs> I watched it in three times speed talking about how it lacks artistic authenticity or some bullshit, but more, it's just so exhausting guys. When I say media should be dead, it's this sort of shit. It's like, and to your point, Michael, um, 83% of people who use Rotten Tomatoes said it. So yeah, hardly, that's true. That's true. hardly representative of- Did you the- hear the line, real sorry your mom blew up, Ricky? Uh, it, but yeah, that but line it, is followed it, by, I heard like, she's going to be okay, though. <laughs> I heard she's going to be okay, though. Might have to stay away from spicy food for a while. It's like a hard cut from this mom blowing up to, hey, real sorry, your mom blew up, Ricky. It's great. But you're right. They sort of undercut it by letting her. I don't know, Matt, I want to hear more from you. I feel like Tim and I have been yelling no, I want at to each say, other. I want to say more to Michael. Uh, <laughs> it's not. I'm not trying to make an ethical point about the the dignity of labor in film. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, because you're a coward. I like but, to think that every episode of Pod Cusack is about the dignity of labor in film. What about when the mailman says to the uh, his little brother, who I guess is an evil scientist, he says, what's a little boy like you doing with big boy smut like this? I, I, also, I, that guy is so smarmy. That the, actor, he's in Taylor. He's a stand-up. He's in one scene, Tim. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 as I watch it, I'm like, oh, this fucking guy too. Great. Oh, man. I, he, you know, no. he just died, Tim. Did he? Oh, no. Oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. Yikes. That's rough. Um, well, I, I think I, this I wish... movie is a really interesting... Uh, I mean, this, mo- this podcast is about 
John Cusack. So I basically watch every every movie sort of studying him and wondering mm. where this fits in in the Cusack mythology and just like the the arc of his career. And I do think this is a pretty interesting one because mm. I think you haven't seen it's crazy you have not seen say anything because I feel like that's that's the movie that solidifies him as a star and right. that's you know maybe his most beloved movie outside of High Fidelity or Gross Point Blank or something. But that's like the one for, there's like two phases of Cusack. There's the teen star and then there's the adult star, right? And that is the movie of his teen stardom. Um, But I think it took a long time to like mold that, the archetype, which is Cusack. And we, on this podcast, we talk a lot about what, what space John Cusack takes up. Cause I think, like we were talking about earlier with Ryan Reynolds, there is not a modern day John Cusack, I think. And I think in the, he is a very, I know this movie came out in the eighties, but I think he's a very specifically nineties mm-hmm. um, personality. And yeah. he is the beta male, but smarter than everyone. And in a different way that ha- that had come before, because that <laughs> archetype has been around for everyone ever. Right. But he's, he's just this, he's a very specific, like, the sensitive guy of the nineties and I'm doing finger quotes um, that I think this movie starts to get at. And actually on a previous podcast, I did compare him to like the modern day Cusack would be Joseph Gordon-Levitt, which is interesting because I did say this movie reminds me of 500 days of summer, but it Mm. is that like he is starting to mold his persona, his celebrity mm-hmm. persona in this movie. And I think it's it's almost yeah. worth if you have any interest in John Cusack as a celebrity, this is an interesting one to watch because it is everything that he does in High Fidelity or uh Say Anything, everything that he does in Say Anything is he's like beta testing it in this movie, I think. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Do you think he does a good job as an actor in this film? I mean that's really hard to say because it is such a like mm-hmm. irreverent like it's a series of sketches like we were talking about. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's not to... like a ton of acting. He, he, I'll say like he lands a lot of jokes. Like I think he does a good job jumping in between like emotional moments and in a movie that is very unfocused and all over the place. Like I feel like he could ground scenes. Well, you can, you can like follow him and his emotions and things throughout stuff. And he was able to like add good tags to absurd moments. I think he's best when he's playing smarter than everyone yeah. around him. And the moments in this movie when he does that, I think work. Yeah, because it feels like the like I'm thinking the when he's smarter than everybody, or at least like feeling more than everybody, like in high fidelity, it's his uh sarcasm is sort of fun there because you do get that like that's like a coping mechanism. Whereas in this it's like he apparently feels really strongly about this but i'm not i don't get that vibe at all that he cares about anything i feel like this is a movie that could stand for a remake like a netflix you know netflix is doing all these teen movies i feel like because i do like the idea of taking the teen boy breakup experience and then like blowing it out into these like surreal way like fantasy sequences left and right and he draws a cartoon that then starts to talk to him and it's all sort of playing out in his mind and i feel like someone who could execute it better (laughs) you know i i've the whole sequence of the 
hamburgers and then the Dr. Frankenstein shit was like, oh, they really blew their load. <laughs> in this you just don't like Van sequence. Halen. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll go on record and say I don't, but... Uh, if like he was, if the hamburgers were singing fucking Doctor John, or what? What do you the, like? The mom, the mom. Yeah, I love Doctor John. Uh, the mom uh, boiling an octopus, or and like whatever that sea creature is. Like that should have been a funny moment, but like it was like you see it very slowly appear on screen with like a pan where the dad who apparently has comedic timing booyah fuck you old guy i don't know oh uh, roasted he also just died <laughs> oh man i'm so sorry to hear that uh it just feels like everything is like oh this is so funny let's just fucking let it ooze out and not actually care about it again i think that that's maybe i would say that a better edit would sell those things because a lot of these scenes i think drag a little bit but in my mind it's like they take a a lot of movies just don't do this where they take a really simple premise this mom i mean the mom is bonkers i would also say that's something where i'm like there is something sad about this character because mm -hmm. she is she is gone off the deep end in a way that's not just like you know haha funny it's like oh yeah. there's something deeply wrong with this with this character's life you know but what she just can't she for, it, the, the simple thing is this mom is a terrible cook and that goes from just like she ruins the bacon and then she's serving literal slime then she's cooking an octopus and a giant crab claw like that's just classic i mean that's, that's classic a goof again. but, but the problem yeah. but the problem with this shit it's like bad improv like you don't we're ha we're given no well tim is an improv master <laughs> Where we're given yeah. no i've just seen a lot of bad improv and i've done a lot of bad improv with both of you guys um what, me no not Matt, bad but, improv but michael yes uh yeah where we're not given any frame of reference to because this mom is just ignored <laughs> like she gives boiled bacon and the dad doesn't he goes oh man and then that's it that's the only time <laughs> yes. he see that yes, i, I just, sort of think is funny yeah i do too <laughs> i think it's just like it's a thing where he's ignored it's a cartoon. There's nothing like it's not. So what, I don't want to see. I don't want to see somebody be like, "Oh man, I guess you really we shouldn't have spent all that money on that culinary no, school in Pittsburgh." You don't, like you don't, have, you don't need to do that. You just need to either decide that this character is aware of it or not. And she's not. Well, choosing the family one. is trapped in. I think it is. To me, it's really simple. I just don't think they need more. It's just like they they love their mom. She's a terrible cook, and they just have to live with this and try and survive each meal. And it just gets worse and worse. Or the same with like the kids. You know, th this wasn't my my favorite thing, but the paper boy who just wants his two dollars and he's hounding him. Yeah. It's again. It's just like he just wants to be paid. It's two dollars. It shouldn't be a big deal. But yet this becomes this like super my heart. heightened. They're going after them. And then the the really funny thing to me is at the end where they're on the ski, uh, the, the, the baseball diamond, the ski race. Mm -hmm. Well, yes, they're at Dodger the very end. Stadium. But when they're when they're about to go down the mountain and the kids now behind them on a bicycle on skis with skis, it's just like, oh, that's that's really funny and silly. And then he goes off a cliff, uh, you know, and they throw a dummy off the cliff and it's a great physical gag. God bless these like kids who are now like in like their mid fifties that like their kids have to hear about the hilarious film they were in and they're on like, cameo. Or yeah, so much of your criticism right. of the movie stuff, is too. just your weird projection onto the people <laughs> who worked on it. That's what <laughs> no, I feel. I mean, like... take away your projection of what you think these people think or feel. <laughs> yeah. why, why do you actually feel about the movie besides that it's there it's the same thing though because all like the the movie is so bad that i feel like it's poisoned all the people that's worked on it
<laughs> You've got a lot more movies to watch, Tim. Yeah, I <laughs> if could, this is the one that's making you like really I, feel yeah, terrible no, for that. Yeah, that's that's fair as well. Uh, I will say that I love Matt, but if this if this was for anybody but Matt, I would watch it and be like, "Hey, I'm actually not going to participate." <laughs> I feel like I really don't have much to say. I'm just going to be negative, and I don't even know why I hate it with such a passion, other than the fact that it's just like fucking. It just it yeah. I don't even know how to put it into words how much I dislike it. Wow. Well, with that, uh, let's go to some segments, I think. Uh, our, <laughs> uh, our first segment is called Q Snack. This is where we decide John Cusack in this movie. What do you guys think? Is he a snack? Oh, definitely. He's looking his his snack. He's young. He's got those angles. He's He's uh, got doughy eyes, great hair. Yeah, he's a total snack. I would agree. I think, I mean, this is, this is, he's on. I mean, too young for me. He's, a, he's climbing up the mountain of his, to get to his snackiest. But, you know, if it wasn't for him being a snack this time, he never would have got there. What do you think, I say, Tim? I say no snack. Uh, he is wow. a full course, uh, not meal. Wow. This guy looks like a guy who's going to steal your bike in this movie. Whoa. So you're wow. just letting your. Hatred of the movie. I mean, try to be oh. objective here. Okay, okay. Let me, I'm looking at pictures of him right now, and I just go, God, I remember that stupid tug <laughs> face. When he was in it's really astounding how, like, I get being like, ah, I didn't like the movie, but you hate this. It's incredible. Yeah. I've never, I've it's never. It's so felt weird this because it is like a, it is, I would say, a me, a mediocre teen comedy, like a level but beneath you know the john hughes type stuff but i would never expect it to engender such hatred from anyone yeah yeah i don't know what can i say i feel like perfect for a podcast yeah well here's the here's the next segment is this one of the 10 movies he likes john cusack has said that he's only made 10 good films he said i'm sure you know which ones they are the ones that suck i tend to blank out it's like i never made them on this podcast basically we have 10 slots of the good movies that we think he thinks are good. We've filled two of those slots so far. We think John Cusack likes being John Malkovich, and we think he likes Stand By Me. So do we think that this is a movie that he likes? No. I also say no, largely because of how you said uh, the theater reaction. Yeah, he definitely does not like that. Uh, (laughs) He, uh, they were. I also feel like people tend to not like their first few films. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of production on One Crazy Summer, the next film by both Savage Steve Holland and John Cusack. So he signed up to do a second film with Savage Savage Steve Holland, which makes me think, oh, he had a good enough time making the first one. He would sign up for a second one. But in the beginning of the process of filming that movie, they had a screening for Better Off Dead. 20 minutes in, John Cusack storms off. And then the next morning, these are in Steve Holland's words, the next morning, sorry, these are in Savage Steve Holland's words. (laughs) The next morning, Cusack basically walked up to me and said, you know, you tricked me. Better Off Dead is the worst thing I've ever seen. I will never trust you as a director again, so don't speak to me. He was really upset. And I said, what happened? What's wrong? And he just said that I sucked and it was the worst thing he'd ever seen and that I had used him and made a fool out of him and all this yes. other stuff. Yes, exactly. And, uh, so, and then this bit of trivia goes on to say, had, had he not already signed the contract, he would have 
backed out of one crazy summer. How old was he in Better Off Dead? <sighs> That's a good question. Better Off Dead, 1985. He was born in 66. So what's that make him? A hundred? <laughs> 19 20 yeah 19 so that's also like a huge reaction to have as a 19 probably 20 year old by the time it came out i think mm-hmm. that speaks to the sincerity though my point is that he tricked all of them <laughs> like i honestly think maybe i'm really onto something because i keep talking about how i keep worrying about everyone who worked on the film and being full of shit maybe they actually thought Maybe they were just being misled and lied to by Savage whatever. In what way do you think they were lied to? Because I think that like you don't, you just don't do the sort of things that you do in this movie (laughs) unless you actually like. It's not a snuff film, Tim. (laughs) (laughs) It honestly, I could probably sit through a snuff film easier than that. Wow. I really fucking hate it. And I feel like the fact that John Cusack said you tricked me totally makes sense to me. Right. I'll say that is the, that is the most vindication to your point that I've, that I've heard. And now I'm, I'm not going to change how I feel about it, but I'm beginning to respect you again as a content creator. <laughs> oh, I will great, say cool. much, a human. Mu- much okay. like, uh, much like John Cusack had shit on Con Air when it came out, which, you know, is one of my all time favorites. Uh, and then later he said, I would do a sequel. You know, people love that movie. He has Uh-oh. since come around to Better Off Dead and said, you know what? I'm happy people love it. That's So I don't go. know that's if that's not, coming that's around, coming but around. He's, he doesn't hate it, I think, with quite as much of a passion as he once did. No, it seems like he's just trying to, just a good guy saying, I'm glad people are happy that I'm happy people like it. I still feel like I was tricked. And everyone who worked on this film has essentially a hex on them. All right. In, ni- in 2013, John Cusack did a Reddit M- AMA, and he was asked if he hated filming Better Off Dead. And he responded, Ooh. no, I just thought it could have been better, but that's almost all my films. I have nothing against the film. I'm glad people love it still. So again, yeah, it's not a, ra- a ringing endorsement, but no. I bet you if they remade it for Netflix... Gender swapped it. Mm. John I'm Cusack listening. would would make a cameo. I think he'd willingly. Yeah, he plays make the a dad cameo. of the daughter. Yeah, that's, the, the, that's the thing you're willing to bet, huh? If this was remade with a gender swap, that John Cusack would make a cameo. You know, <laughs> I bought uh, I bought half a share of GameStop at three hundred, so I'm not. You know, I'm not gambling that recklessly anymore. <laughs> All right, we have two more segments. Let's go through them really quick. Our next segment is called Coffee, Tea, Me, in honor of the woman who spoke those famous words in the film, Working Girl, Joan Cusack. This mm. is a segment where if we could recast a part in this movie with Joan Cusack, who would it, you pick? And think mm. about how old she would be. She wouldn't. She would be old enough to play like the mom or anything. She would have to play one of the kids. Uh, I think, I think if uh, whatever the actor's name Booger from Revenge of the Nerds, mm-hmm. like sure. his best friend, if it was a a younger girl, maybe it could. Maybe it would necessitate some real dialogue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't believe that you still think that Better Off Dead needs more real dialogue. But um, I would say maybe the 
girl that he is set up to go on that date with, with the headgear, who is just like, listen, let's not do this thing. Uh, let's calculate how much it would be. Give me this money. Um, or maybe the, um, actually better for age, she, she could be the paper boy who chases him. Yeah. I was going to say the girl he gets set up on the date with. Uh, and if not that, I think uh, the the driver who talks in a Howard Cosell accent, I think would be very fun. Oh, that, that was that just Joan Cusack. That would be very fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, you know, people often pick the love interest because they think it's funny to try to set John and Joan up to, for some incestual. That's you know, not funny. Too much time on Pornhub. Save that uh, for the kink minute. Yeah, save that for the podcast kink minute. But well, did uh, we already do the kink minute? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, all right, let's do our last segment before Mike has to go feed his sheep. This is called "One Thing I Like, One Thing I Hate, One Thing I Think Is Weird." Uh, I think for things we hate, Tim, we can skip you. But let's okay. do one thing you like, Mike, and then Tim, you can have some time to think about it. Uh, one thing I like, um, no, oh, that's a, such a tough, that's such a tough question. Okay. I really like the, uh, I like the line. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. <laughs> yeah. That was that's a funny. Good, that's that made me gag. laugh. Yeah. Good gag. I really like the fact that at the school dance in the middle, there's a band playing a song that is the theme song to the movie. And you yeah. know, the song is called Better Off Dead. And actually, the lead singer of that band is E.G. Daly, who mm-hmm. you may know as the voice of Tommy Pickles on the Rutgers. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, what's her name from Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Dottie. Yes, yes exactly. Oh. So she is a queen. And uh, mm-hmm. I think that song is fun. And I, I, yeah. love, I love saying the name of a movie in a movie. Love and that. if you can do it in a song, that's even better. So, Big fan. I think the the thing I like is the the physical book, the how to attract trashy women. That that's a funny book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of good book gags. That the dad's funny. reading the like teenagers and drugs and uh, highlighting passages when John Cusack's doing weird stuff. They had a lot of fun physical prop gags. I think the physical prop gags and the physical just the physical comedy in it was the the highlight for me i mean yeah, i really was... just like the car stuff i think it's all really fun um all right mike what's one thing you don't like okay here's something i hated there were a few things that i really didn't like i I'll, i'm gonna do two things i didn't like the hamburger claymation sequence like i like that again that there was something like that in there but it didn't do anything for me and it felt like kind of a waste um i hated when he was on the roller skates and pulled off the cheerleader's outfit and she was Mm. naked that's just like classic rape culture 80s romp stuff that's i'm just like oh it's so embarrassing and that's the sort of thing where it's like yeah maybe someday i'd want to show this movie to a kid that i have not just some kid (laughs) okay Um, (laughs) you know uh do screenings i do a lot of screenings Mm. in my backyard Mm. for just the neighborhood but that's just the sort of stuff where i'm like oh this is so cheap and um exploitative and like that's something where i'm like oh i feel really bad for that actor yeah i agree that is that's a classic that's throughout a lot of the john hughes comedies too is there's some some stuff that really just doesn't hold up and it's not okay um i did not like the even if you're on roller skates (laughs) yeah i mean any kind of uh you know extreme sport paraphernalia is roller skating an extreme sport oh hell yeah yeah Yeah, for sure if you do it right take it to the brink 
I hated the friend. I didn't like his character. I didn't like his, the joke, gim- the gimmicks of like him, mm-hmm. like desperately wanting to be a drug addict, but not being able to find any drugs. It just didn't really work. You could, I mean, any other, any other like weird peccadillo you picked for him and hit it just as hard would have been funnier than the one they chose. Mm-hmm. And he I don't really just... like that actor. No, I mean. He's too of a time, like... 280s. He's the little grating. Yeah. It was disturbing watching him snort jello through a straw. That was something yeah. where I was just physically kind of cringed. I liked him as Booster in Jingle All the Way. I mean, well, that's a f- perfect movie. Yeah. Um, and a great character arc. Hey, right. hey, who's, who's He's this? He's good at New Girl, who's, too. Who's this? This is pretty cool. Oh, uh, <laughs> Carl Weathers? Yep. Ving Rhames. <laughs> yep, both right. I did both. I'm gonna, I'll pass the thing I hated. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, right. We yeah. got it. Yeah, um, all right, what's one thing you think is weird? I'll start. I think it's weird that you can't just cast a French accent. Uh, a French. <laughs> you can't just cast a French actress. You have to cast an uh, American actress with a horrible French accent. Uh, just cast someone French. I, I think the mother. The mother character is so weird. Like, again, they could have done just the um, bad cook. They didn't have to give her a frontal lobotomy. It was just so strange to me that she seemed like in some other, she seemed like she huffed ether before every take. Mm-hmm. And that was just a very weird decision. Uh, I thought it was weird that all of a sudden early on, it was Christmas. Like <laughs> yeah. usually, usually it's Christmas films, Eve. I thought that was a joke. Yeah. Usually films do something to sh- tell you what <laughs> time of year it is. And in this, it's like, oh, I, it's Christmas. I feel like we did a weird time dash because I didn't get that at all. Well, I, it's, I, part of that is that it's a ski ski place, you know? So that must mean it's cold. It's a ski town, but it's also very clearly just Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> weird. And then it's like Christmas in L.A. I really um, thought that was going to be a joke where they're like, it's Christmas Eve. And someone's like, no, it's, it's not Christmas Eve. It's the first <laughs> we're hearing of it. But no, it was Christmas Eve. Um, I mean, and that's why this movie is also a Christmas movie. So, oh wow, yeah. like the Ice Harvest, it's uh, John Cusack Christmas movie. So keep that in mind next time you're programming your Christmas watching calendar. Okay, let me set uh, an alert for December twenty third. Set. Better off dead, guys. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. It was a real pleasure having you, Mike. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, you know, people can find me on the michaeljwolf.com if you want to see some of the videos I've made. Um, other than that, you know, I've really gone off of social media. I think it's I think it's mostly bad. What? Social media bad? I know. I'm one of the few bold voices to say it, but <laughs> I won't risk it where, all. You can uh, you can Mike, find where can me people watching Venmo TikToks. Um uh, Michael Wolf-6. Okay, yeah. So Venmo Mike there. Please. Tim, where can people find you on the internet and where can they Venmo you? Uh, you can Venmo me at Timothy-Mahoney and you can find me online at Tim.dog. Uh, and at both of those websites, Tim.dog and MichaelJWolf.com, I think you can find a link to the Milk Voice sketch. So <laughs> either one of those, whoever you want to give your traffic to, go there. Uh, and I will link both of those in the show notes. Guys, thanks so much for listening. John, you know we love you. We miss you. 
I hope to see you soon. Bye. Just like you said, just like you said, just like you said.